0: Our scripture reference today is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are most highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what greatly troubled at his kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give you him the throne of his father David She who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your words to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So one of
1: the things that I've enjoyed doing these past couple of weeks is learning some of the backstory about the Grinch. Uh, one of the stories that entertained me this week, so Dr. Seuss, again that is his pen name, Theodore Gazelle I think, or something like that was his real name. Uh, he would often receive fan mail from all sorts of people who loved his stories. Not just the Grinch, but Cat in the Hat, Redfish, Bluefish, all of those things. One letter in particular came from two little boys named David and Bob Grinch in Ridgefield, New Jersey. They were asking if Dr. Seuss might reconsider the Grinch's name. It seemed that their friends were teasing them back home. Well, as we know, Dr. Seuss uh, declined to change his name, but here's the line in the return letter because Dr. Seuss took the time to reply. I disagree with your friends who harass you, Dr. Seuss says. Can't they understand that the Grinch in my story is the hero of Christmas? Sure, he starts out as a villain, but it's not how you start out that counts. It's what you are at the finish. You know, until reading this quote, it really hadn't occurred to me that when we speak of a person being a quote-unquote Grinch, It's a bad connotation, right? And yet the reason I believe that we love the story and that it endures is because the Grinch doesn't stay the Grinch in the way in which we understand the term. The Grinch somehow becomes someone new. And so this famous line, we've got it in the foyer, Uh, you heard it read a little bit ago, the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled and puzzled, till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas he thought, doesn't come from a store. What if Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more? Uh, As we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Seuss was a Christian, and there are strong allegory here. For Seuss's audience, he was attempting not to make it explicitly religious, And so in the story, in addition to the cartoon and other movies, we're never told what more is. We're told very clearly that it isn't packages. It isn't ribbons. It isn't gratuitous feasting and self indulgence, but it's left to us the reader or the viewer to decide what is Christmas. Fortunately, for those of us who are Christians, who are disciples of Jesus Christ, it is made very clear to us what Christmas is, and Christmas is the birth of Jesus Christ, God come to earth as a human being. You heard read earlier this passage, Mary is our focus for our Advent wreath. Uh, Mary's experience with the angel Gabriel is our scripture reference today. And here's what the angel says to her about what Christmas is going to mean. Of course, the word Christmas isn't even in her mind, right? But Gabriel's telling her, this is what is about to happen to you. This will be the singular event of your life and it's why we all celebrate together on december 25th he says greetings to you who are highly favored the lord is with you he goes on to say do not be afraid mary you have found favor with god you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him jesus he will be great and he will be called son of the most high the lord god will give him the throne of his father david and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, this passage begins with this line in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which immediately signals to us, there's backstory, right? And had we started earlier in the book of Luke, we would have learned that this is not Gabriel's first angelic announcement. Apparently he was, I don't know, taking a sideshow tour, right? Just running around to women, telling them, this is a joke, right? Just two, Elizabeth and Mary. Gabriel has come to Elizabeth, or rather, excuse me, to Zechariah, Elizabeth being a relative of Mary's and says, you are going to have a son, which is extraordinary because both of them are too old to be having children. Zechariah, who's also a priest, uh, receives this this heavenly, this angelic visitation while he is performing his priestly duties. And I guess because he's he understands the logic or lack of logic of this he asks the angel for a sign. How can I be sure this is true? It, it reminds me of that old, um, probably irreverent uh, comedic comedy show, Here's Your Sign, right? And I'm an angel standing here, Gabriel says, here's your sign. If you need a sign, you're not going to get to speak for the duration of the pregnancy. But when Zechariah's mouth is finally opened, Oh, does he have some words to say? Luke 1, again, later in this chapter, records some of, well, it records what he says. I'm going to read some of what Zechariah says. Zechariah, beginning in verse 68, says, Praise to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people. Some key phrases I want us to notice in this concept of what is Christmas. He has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. He goes on to say more things about God and God's covenant, speaking to John, the baby which has now been born. He says, you, my child, will be called a prophet For you will go on before the Lord to prepare a way. And this is what he says about that way. To give people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. This Christmas season, or Advent season rather, a couple of years—I don't know how many years has it been since you um, did the Advent blocks, Miss Jamie. Two years. So the owls are totally on the cutting edge, and we finally broke open our box this season. Uh huh. Two years ago, Miss Jamie uh, offered to those of us who were interested to order these little Advent blocks, and you read through a series of readings, and it's to help children understand the meaning of Christmas. We broke ours out this year. And the thing that has been fascinating to me about it is that, and, I, and this is a good thing, I think, the way in which we're structuring it, we're 11 days in, because we haven't read today's yet, uh, December the 12th, and I'm not sure that it's mentioned Jesus yet. What it's doing is walking us through the Old Testament and the stories of God's people and how badly they longed for the presence of god it is advent in its truest sense that that preparing for the coming of the lord and the thing that i've been struck by i guess is this sense of longing it begins in the garden of eden where where all is well right Adam and Eve are with God and it is good. And then very quickly things unravel. There's, there's this line that is repeated at the end of every um, reading. It says, God couldn't remain because sin drove him away. The sin drove God away, or perhaps you might say Adam and Eve had to leave. So they began to hope and pray God, will you come back to stay? Each of these stories, uh, the battle of Jericho and Hagar and uh, King David, and I'm trying to remember, was last night David or did we read something else? I'm not sure. Each of these, God is very present for the people. God never left them. And yet things were still just not the same. God was their God and God was faithful, but there was this brokenness, I guess, for lack of a better word. People longed for those days when God and humans were together and it was good. I can't wait till we get to December the 25th. If I already feel it this much on December the 12th, how much more? will the sense of longing be, and the joy of that fulfillment. This is what Christmas means. Miss Jamie read John one fourteen earlier in the service, as you all know, because I do it every year, my favorite translation is from the message, that the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. It's so profoundly personal, intimate. And back to that concept of the Garden of Eden, if I were the authors of this children's block series, I might, I might turn the phrase slightly. It's turn the phrase slightly. It says that our sin drove God away, but what really happened is that we got pushed away ...longer could be in the presence of a holy God, we had to leave God's presence. And so what happened when we had to leave? In Jesus, God came to us. We couldn't get back in the presence of the holy of holies. And so God became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood... But wait, there's more. I want to return to the Grinch. The Grinch in this make-believe storyline, which again has these theological allusions, isn't just greedy. Do you notice he's not keeping the presence for himself? He doesn't take the hoo-hash or the roast beast. He doesn't take all the presents. He doesn't trim his own tree. He wants to push all of that over the edge, not because he has need or desire, but because of the pleasure of being mean. You see, Dr. Seuss, in the beginning of the story, says no one knows exactly why he's he hates Christmas, but he conjectures, it's that his heart is too small. There's something not quite alive about the Grinch, something not whole, something that isn't as all is intended to be. And so the Grinch is driven by, again, Not the desire for more for himself, but the desire for less for others. These are two very different things. It isn't just more for self. It's the desire for less for others. It is, as you might say, the Seussian version of sin. And yet, in that moment, the Grinch begins to experience that Christmas might be more. Uh, Seuss doesn't necessarily get into the incarnation, maybe a little bit next week when everyone is together and feasting around the table. But what Dr. Seuss does do in this moment, just after the clip that we saw, is that he highlights the ability for us to become more, and not just more, but real. Makes me think about Pinocchio being a real live boy. Did you notice in the cartoon, um, in the book, the Grinch's eyes are red in the cartoon, they're yellow, but in that moment, do you notice that his eyes turn blue? It's again, he's a Grinch and it's a Susian character, but it's almost as if he becomes more human. The thing about Jesus And God coming to us is, first of all, a miracle because God even took the time to enter our storyline. But there's more. In Jesus, somehow, and you have to keep reading the gospel to learn more, and you have to ultimately accept him as your Lord and Savior to experience that more there is a way in which we can become fully human and fully alive. Jesus didn't come to make us less than we were intended to be. Jesus came to help us to be exactly who we were intended to be. And through God's grace in Jesus Christ, we are offered this opportunity again to become fully alive this more of Christmas. In this moment, and moment is an exaggeration, he spends three minutes standing, or not minutes, excuse me, three hours in the snow, having to decide, now that he knows, what will he choose? Will he choose, continue being a man whose heart is too small and whose pleasure is in less for others? Or well, Will he let the more of Christmas, and again, Seuss doesn't articulate what that more is. For us, we know that more is Jesus. Will he let that more come inside him and literally change his self, his life, and help him to be more. The reason we like the story is the Grinch chooses not to be the Grinch, as we use the term. The Grinch chooses the gift of more. Mary makes that choice. Mary. Makes that choice. when the angel Gabriel comes and says to her, "Have I got an opportunity for you?" Hours in the snow, but there had to have been a moment where she had to choose. Will I choose the more of the gospel? Joseph is faced with the same choice. We don't read his story in today's reading. Each and every person who is presented with Christmas with Jesus is asked this question, will we allow Christmas to mean more within us? The gift of Christmas is ultimately not how we start our journey. Instead, it is that no matter the mistakes we've made along the way, no matter how many grinch E days we do or don't have, how many ways in which our hearts have been too small and maybe, just maybe, we've even been intentionally mean. That there is still hope for each of us. Because God put on flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And in that act, gave us the chance to also be more. This year and every year, may our hearts grow, uh, not because of something that is, uh, I guess, an intentional will or decision on our own, but because God has come, and God in Jesus Christ is willing to move inside and help us to experience that full an abundant life, the Christmas that is more. Let's go to God in prayer. God, thank you for the gift of Christmas, the gift of your coming to us. When we could not bridge that gap to you, you have made us in your image We are created and called to be people who live lives and are human beings that you can look at and say, it is good. But we confess, God, that in our own ways, as unique as there are individuals, we nevertheless have our own grinchy ways. Thank you, God, for the gift of salvation and redemption and the forgiveness of sins that is brought to us through the gift of Christmas. May we experience that gift, may we receive that gift in our hearts and minds and in our lives, so that we may be living and walking and breathing examples of the more that is Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord,
0: Amen.